No judgment, just raw and unfiltered answers. Starting now on the He Said What show with your host, Simply Bree. And they're wondering, what is this all about? 
this show is to bring information to to bring awareness to relationships, healthy relationships, um, relationships that may not be so healthy and it needs some work. This is our way of providing a platform for our male guests, just like Oren, Mr. Oren Carter, who can come up here and speak from his own personal perspective on why men may say or do certain things that women always want to know. So please do not jump in the DMs after the show and badger my guests because, hey, listen, at least they're telling us something. Um, a lot of my male guests have, have stated that they're surprised to have a platform to where they can speak so transparently and so honest and forthcoming. So do not do not taunt my guests. Now, Aaron, welcome. Sir. Yes. <laughs> welcome. Yes, yes, yes. So tonight's topic is all about traumatic experiences. And uh, when I say traumatic experiences, I'm talking about those toxic relationships that people get into, and they don't necessarily get out when they should. So have you yourself personally ever been in a relationship where you just knew it wasn't healthy, but you stuck around a little longer just to try to see if you could work things out? Uh yeah, most of my relationships, actually. Um, okay. Most of the women that I've dated uh, up until now, my, of course not my wife, but right. most of the women I've dated suffered from some type of mental illness. Mm-hmm. And when when I say when I say mental illness, like if you ask me, I think all women suffer from mental illness. Uh-huh. Because all, to, I know it sounds crazy when I say all, but I do believe all, all women suffer from some type of mental illness that stops them from being happiness. I uh-huh. don't think there is a such thing as female happiness. Uh-huh. There is just various degrees of unhappiness. Huh. Okay. Yep. I I 100% believe that. Like. I've never I've never met a woman who was 100% happy with with anything with their life. So right. when I say various degrees of unhappiness, mm-hmm. I mean just that. Like when it comes to a woman, everything can be great on the outside looking in, right? Everything is great. Mm-hmm. You seem like they have a, a good a good life, a good job. Uh, they love their dogs, whatever the case may be. On the outside looking in, they absolutely love, like they have a great life. Mm-hmm. But you can't tell that particular woman that mm-hmm. because there's going to always be something that she's unhappy about or that she complains about. And the average man, while he he may tolerate it, that he doesn't necessarily want to deal with that. And when you have men who, for the most part, just tolerate what a woman is going through, that creates mental illness in, in, in women, which, in my opinion, seems like that's almost why women are so combative. Mm, okay. So do you think that any of these mental illnesses or uh, the degrees of unhappiness 
uh, could have been contributed from men? Um, I believe that men play a very minimum part in that because nobody can make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, we can both agree to that. No one can make you happy. They can add to your happiness, but they can't make you happy. And I think a lot of women, and let's be clear, a lot of a lot of black women, a lot of sisters are walking around looking for a man to make them happy. And because nobody can make you happy, thus comes in the mental illness, the depression, and things like that, because they're looking for somebody to complete them when they themselves can't complete that. Hmm. Okay. So what kind of things do you think it is that could hinder a woman from feeling complete? Uh, um, I would say low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say single motherhood. Mm-hmm. And for the, for the most, I, I would write, I would, if, if anything, I, I would think, Seventy to eighty percent of that would be single motherhood, mm-hmm. because of course, you know, y'all are emotional creatures, and y'all look for. A lot of women say they like, I don't need nobody. I'm good on my own. I'm single. I'm independent. That's all. Mm-hmm. I don't know any woman that's not looking for companionship. I don't know any woman that's not accepting of a provider and a protector. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. What it is is the the men that most women want don't want them. And the, the men that want them don't measure up to their quote-unquote standards. Mm-hmm. So they they walk around feeling that, that incompleteness because I feel like a lot of times women's standards can be too high and their requirements are unrealistic for the average guy. Okay. Um, give us some examples as far as standards that may be too high. Okay. So for, if you don't, okay. So if you don't know, for those who are listening, mm-hmm. we, I do have a, I have a show on uh hit 92.3 mm-hmm. and one of the things that we talk about is is we represent for the average man. Uh-huh. Like there's a lot of talk about the high earning man. There's a lot of talk about men in six figures, but the that's cool. But the run of the mill guy, the everyday guy, doesn't necessarily have a voice. Uh-huh. So if you're just in the barbershops or your everyday nine to five guy, they're looking at women, trying to get with women. And a woman say, "Well, you don't make enough, or he's mm-hmm. too, he's too tall. Well, not too tall. He's not tall enough. Mm-hmm. There, women are the only ones who critique men on things they can't change. Mm-hmm. So when I say that your standards are too too high, if you're a woman and you're, let's just say you're five one, five mm-hmm. two. And you say, well, I want to date a six-foot man. Oh, he's, he has to be 6'5". He has to be muscular. He has to have six figures, uh, uh, you know, uh, big wood, and he's mm-hmm. only faithful to me. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with that because 
there's not a whole lot of men like that. And then the men that are like that don't aren't going to be faithful. Right. Because they don't have to be. And so that's what I mean by setting the bar too high. Right. Like, there's nothing wrong with getting a, a dude that, that, you know, he does his 40 hours a week. He come home. He takes care, you know, he takes care of his household. You know, he may play ball on the weekend with his friends, loves his family to death. But the modern woman does not want that. Mm. That And that's the issue. Like, social media has has brainwashed women into believing that every man that they come in contact with has to be measured by a, a dollar amount. Right, right. Mm. And... and Let's not look past the let's not look past the issue that a lot of women don't even make the money that they require. Right. No. Yeah, I agree with I agree with you across the board, and I will flip it and say you have some men that ask for stuff in a woman that they're lacking themselves. Um, I do. Okay. I actually, uh, mm-hmm. Give me an example. Um, a guy who wants a chick that has a master's degree. She has to have the top of the line education, but he hasn't finished high school. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who wants a chick that has her own everything house, car, no kids, banging body, good head, all of that. But he's staying with his brother because his ex wife took everything that he got. I mean, he comes with baggage. So one is someone okay. who doesn't have baggage, but you have baggage yourself. And okay. women are supposed so, to be understanding. Well, okay. This is, okay, one, let's, let's, let's talk about that, right? Okay. Between the two, women are the only ones that date on potential. Right? They, women, dudes don't really date on potential like that because dudes don't necessarily care. Now, again, you have your exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, men don't care. And see, women got the game fucked up to where they believe that dudes care about their accomplishment. And, you know, black women are the most educated. Like, when it comes to numbers, black women are, are, are killing it. They're the most educated. They make, they make the most money. But also, by and large, black women are the most single. And a lot of that is because while black women place an emphasis on accomplishment and degrees, black men don't. Mm-hmm. Black men don't necessarily, as a group, you know, you have, of course, you have your exceptions, one or two here, one or two there. But as a group, mm-hmm. black men don't care about that. That's why you will see, you'll see a millionaire black man date a, a poor broken down looking woman mm-hmm. because none of that matters and you can and there's countless examples of that countless examples and he's not black but matt damon he met his wife she was his waitress mm-hmm. and he pulled her out the slums and she, she she's living the life now you reverse that right mm-hmm. a rich woman won't even look at a dude that don't that is not in her that's not in her league. She won't even do it, and would think something is wrong with it for her to do it. 
What do you think? You, you Am I tripping? No. I mean, at the end of the day, first of all, you're not tripping because it's your perspective, and that's the point of the show is to, is to find out from men how how and why you guys guys think and feel the way that you do. Um, and no, what you're saying is correct because it goes, it's the same way. Like if you're a woman and you care about the financial status, then yeah, that's going uh-huh. to happen to you. But I think the issue with that example is that not all women think like that. Not all women, like, it's almost like there's this perception out here in the world that all black women are worried about money and, and dudes that got six figures and all of that. You have women out here that really, that don't mean nothing. It's how you treat them. It's how you make them Look, I won't say all, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I believe all. I won't say all because I know how I know how women get, you know, they get all that time of the month when you say all. I get that. But I'm saying that by and large, and I tell my brother this, we just talked about the other, me and the guys just talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Black, blue, brown, white, it does not matter. A woman is going to always choose money. Mm. She is going to always choose money in every scenario. I just told my little brother this. I said, look, you can have the heart of gold. You can have the patience of Job. It does not matter if you don't have the money behind it because a woman will always choose security because women are raised to look for security. Um, uh, A perfect example of that is I know you heard the story of Drake and his um, uh, Drake and uh, his what was it the the chick I know his uh, her boyfriend was named like June or Jamie's son that was his name Jamie's son his mm-hmm. girlfriend they were together for eight years mm-hmm. Drake wanted to do a song with his girlfriend mm-hmm. Drake flew both of them out she slept with Drake. Mm-hmm. And Drake sent him back home. Uh-huh. Now, let's be clear. If you're with somebody for eight years, you love them, right? You would, I would say so. I would I would say you love them if you were with them for eight years. Uh-huh. The fact that, it, one, it was Drake. The two, he had money. And access to money is what made her cheat. She didn't cheat with Drake because she thought he was, like, so handsome and you know, it was just something about his eyes. She cheated with him. She gave up the pussy because it was Drake. Uh-huh. That's the bottom line. He has money. And if if that's all it takes for a, for a woman to sleep with another guy, then that's across the board. A woman is going to always choose money in every scenario. Now, while she may love that man, she may love him. But love and sex are not synonymous. So let me let me steer this because now it actually falls into tonight's topic. How do you uh-huh. feel her, I don't even know if they're still together or not, but her and the dude of eight years 
How do you feel that experience right there is going to play a role in the type of relationship he entertains the next time? Well, I definitely feel the next time he, if even if he's off suicide watch, mm-hmm. then I would say the next time he's in a relationship is probably going to be with some strong-faced woman that he can control. Mm-hmm. Because the the hazards of dating a, a beautiful woman is just too much for him to bear. Clearly, mm-hmm. wow. because that situations like that, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Men never recover from stuff like that. Not at all. Mm-mm. Nope. It's a done deal. Not at all. Like, men men don't recover from stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. It's. I've seen situations in college. I know, I know a situation. Friend of mine, I'm absolutely in love with this rat, and she was a rat, like a straight street rat. Mm-hmm. And she got caught sleeping with somebody at the party, and he's never been the same. He's like he stutters to this day. Never been the same. So. It, Okay, so even with that, with that example, that situation, is that something that even counseling can fix or therapy? No, I don't think so. Mm. Because I don't think so. Because the logical the logical move, right, would be to move on. Right. Is to take your L and move on. Mm-hmm. But if a but a lot of men are a lot of boys aren't raised by men. Right. That's that's a problem. And because only a man can teach another man how to deal with loss mm-hmm. and how to move on. And again, I'll say not all, but a lot of times when women raise boys, they raise them to be effeminate. So they handle situations in feminine ways. Mm-hmm. Which is why if a dude is raised by a woman and he's not getting that proper masculinity in his life, then nine times out of ten, when problems arise, he's going to handle it like 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 a woman. So whether that's crying for months on end, or whether whether that's never jumping back in the dating game, or wh- whatever the case may be, he'll do everything but what he's supposed to do, and that's move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I... I would say, I would say to answer your question, no, therapy can't change that. The only therapy for that is masculinity. Right. Mm, yeah, and and it definitely, when it comes to even children, like a child growing up without a mother or a father in the household and being raised by you know the other parent that could affect them in the way that they see relationships as an adult. You know, that could create some yep. type of um, abandonment issues. Agreed. I, 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 I wonder, I don't know if, this is the thing, I, I get abandonment issues, it shows itself in different ways, mm-hmm. but I would say, for by and large, I don't think, Black boys suffer from abandonment issues because a lot of times black boys are just told to shut up and deal with it. 
we're we're kind of just told. Now I can see I can see a, a little girl having abandonment issues because we nurture we nurture little girls mm-hmm. like we we nurture them we we teach them to embrace their emotions. Black boys we tell them to shut up, get back to work, and I and you better not cry or I'm gonna give you something to cry about. generation experience that more so um, than the younger generation, like who we're raising now, only because of how we as adults have seen the effect in other adults our age range. So it's like, I don't want my child to go through how I was raised, you know, and, and being closed out and not able to talk and feeling like nobody cares. So now I'm going to turn around and raise my child differently. Um, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of my male guests, my older male guests, have said that. They have been raised where they cannot express themselves um, in any type of way if it comes to sensitivity. Like they call the pussy, they're called uh, a punk, you know, what are you crying for? You're not a girl, you know, so they're, they're belittled simply because they're expressing an emotion. And that causes them to not want to express that emotion. But I just feel like we, as a, as parents, and, and knowing the trauma, the traumatic experience that it gives to children, we're now trying uh-huh. to go about raising them differently and not talking to them like that and trying to sit down and have them express how you feel, what's wrong, why do you feel this way, asking the right questions. Well. Uh, we ju- we just talked about this the other day. Um, as as tough as I am on sisters, and as pro black man as I am, I have a daughter, mm-hmm. and I tell I tell my daughter, you know, you can express yourself. There's nothing wrong with expressing yourself. But when you know she's an emotional, she's a I mean, she's a 15 year old girl. With you know, but when she you know she gets to tearing up. I tell her immediately, hey, tighten up, go to the restroom, cry it out by yourself, and then come back. Because the children have to know, especially black children have to know, the world don't give a damn about you. Mm-hmm. You can you can only, this is the thing, you can only pat them on the back and tell them it's going to be okay for so long. And I think that's the issue with with the new generation of kids. It's like we went from one extreme to another. Mm-hmm. We went from telling the kids they not shit, shut up and get back to work, to now telling them that no matter what, everything is going to be all right, and it, it's all sh- sh- sunshine and rainbow. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. And I, I think we have yet as a culture – to master parenting, and I get it. There's no, there's no rule book to parenting, right? Right. Nobody, you got to learn as you go. But black folks got to get out of teaching kids that everything is sunshine and rainbows, and we need to have an open dialogue. Yes, we do need to have an open dialogue. But I'm not in the business of telling my child that if she messes up that, oh, it'll be okay, you'll get them tomorrow. No. If you fucked up, I'm going to say, hey, you fucked up. You need to fix it or figure out a way to fix it. We'll be with you every step of the way, but you got to learn to fix stuff on your own because you can't coddle kids, especially little black kids. 
We don't have that luxury. You know who has the luxury of being coddled and told everything is going to be all right? White kids. White kids have that luxury. White kids have the luxury of being able to say, hey, tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's will be all right. Tomorrow will be sunshine and rainbows. That only applies to them. Right. Because the rest of – because black black America as a whole knows that's a lie, that knows that that's far from the truth. Because if, if that was any truth, you wouldn't get nervous when the cop passes you on the street. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, you wouldn't get nervous every time you see lights flashing down – flashing in a cop car speeding down the highway. You wouldn't get nervous about that. Mm-hmm. If that was the case, then you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to have the quote unquote talk with your son when he gets his license. Right. So no, I'm not in the business of of kissing my kids' ass. But I'm also not in the business of tearing them down. Right. Yeah. It's like you got to find that balance. Um, 100%. But I think I think the word balance and and fatherhood is are synonymous. Mm-hmm. Because if you studies show that children are more successful with fathers in their lives. But you 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 don't hear that. Mm-hmm. Which which is weird, but that you know that that's just my opinion on it, but um what do you think? Well, I mean, if we've seen more fathers in, in the households then I would probably be able to have a better uh reply to that, but unfortunately, um we don't. And um it's unfortunate. So I mean I would of course have to do my research to really see if indeed that is the case or not. But I do I do feel like it would be beneficial. It's definitely detrimental to have a father in the household. Um, it is mm-hmm. also important, and this is one thing, it's important the type of energy that father brings because of that mm-hmm. negative energy. Do you want your child grown up with negative energy in their lives? No. Um, I, I, no, I wouldn't say I want my child to be brought up with negative energy, mm-hmm. but I, I believe that there is a stigma with fatherhood mm-hmm. that that people think is negative energy, right? So when and I'm, I can only give from my experiences, but right? Exactly. When when a when a mother disciplines her child, right? Because because if she's a single mother, they tend to overparent. And let me be clear, I have both of my I have both my mother and father, but I've mm-hmm. seen enough single motherhood to know when a mother a single mother tries to discipline her child, she tends to over parent because she's trying to be something that she's not. She's she's trying to bring testosterone and, and, and masculine energy to a situation and it's just not in her to do. What is in her to do is to nurture and to teach. Seeing how the mother is the first teacher of the home, for her to have to step outside her role, they tend to over, they tend, like they tend to overdo it. Which is why you see all these these viral videos 
of mothers talking to their kids any type of way or beating their children as if that's the answer, right? Mm-hmm. And because they don't know what to do with that masculine energy. Now, you you fast forward and you put that you put a man in that place. You put a father in that place. One one that got his head on straight mm-hmm. knows how to balance testosterone and that masculine energy to get his point across without being negative to the child. Mm-hmm. I think only negative energy comes in situations when we're stepping outside of our roles. So if you're not delivering those roles right, if you're not stepping into the role that you're supposed to be in, then it's always going to get delivered in in a way that's undesirable because you're not the one that's supposed to be doing it. Mm-hmm. So negative energy, I would say, I, I can say it can happen, but I also think that's preventable. Wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Um, well, I mean, it depends on what type of neg- negative energy there is because now if they have mental health issues, uh, is that something that they can really control? If if they grew up um, having mental health issues and experiences from um, abuse, um, you know, whether it's drug abuse, whether it's domestic abuse, you know, from their parents, um, uh-huh. it just depends on the background. And the background always matters because that background is what molded them to who they are today. Regardless of how they may shift and adjust, and recreate themselves is in your DNA. It, it's been in uh-huh. You've seen it. You've grown up with it. It's in your roots. So, I mean, it, it all just, it really just depends on what is delivering the negative energy. Is it a situational type of negative energy? You know, do you, can you not stand your baby mother? You can't stand your girl. You can't, can't stand the ground she walks on. But yet you want to stay in the household for the sake of the child. What kind of energy well, are you throwing into that child? Because you're bringing that energy into the house. I, yeah, that type of energy can be brought into the house, but that's fixable, right? At mm. some point, at some point, somebody has to be the adult in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, I I say all the time, and I I say it loudly and I say it proudly, look, women are children, right? So because they're children, there tends to be times when there will be toxic things happening. And you brought up a great point when you start talking about uh, abuse, right? Mm -hmm. But let's talk about abuse because how many situations have you seen where a mother brings the the, the quote unquote boyfriend around the the kids early, too early. She don't know nothing about the man, and so because of her poor choices, some poor child gets hurt. Mm-hmm. When when in actuality, when he the the guy should should never be around the child. Let me be clear about that. The guy should never be around the children. But at the same time, you cannot be so hard up for for companionship, and you cannot be in a place where you're just trying to make the baby daddy jealous. Mm-hmm. 
Like, you're dealing with real kids with real lives. So I don't think a, a man should be coming around a woman's children until until you start talking about marriage. You got to know that you know that you know that you know. <laughs> that you know. You feel me? Yeah. That you know. I agree. I agree yeah. with you. But you know what the that interesting thing is? There are I'm men sorry? out there who have daughters that bring right. women around them the first date. That, that, that's insane. That's, that's insane to me. And, and, but see, that, this is what I mean, right, about having better discernment skills. You got to mm-hmm. have better discernment skills because, let's be clear, you have a lot, a lot of lonely women out there. Look at, and, and if you want to fact check that, look at the dating sites, right? If you take your ass to Tinder, you uh-huh. take your ass to POF. Mm-hmm. There's by and large far more women on there than men. Mm-hmm. Women, you guys said women are 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 lonely. You have these lonely, undesirable women on these sites, and they are so hard pressed for companionship that they will do and bring anybody into their personal space, and. They're meeting a guy that's just there for a nut. It's it's social media. You ain't. I I know very few people that's finding love on social media or looking for love on on social media, right? Uh-huh. But you bring these men around. They're there for a nut. You're trying to get married. You're already in a in an awkward space. Uh-huh. So. When you bring a man around as there and he's around your kids, you don't even know his last name, but you got him around your daughter. Mm-hmm. That's that's an issue. But the, the, the problem here is is when you talk to when you talk to groups of women about that, the the deflections and and the, the name the blame game comes and and shifting and changing the subject when at the end of the day you've got to be accountable for the, these things that happen. Mm-hmm. Would, let me ask you this. Would you agree that would you agree that women are the gatekeepers to sex? Of course. I would, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So if if women are the gatekeepers to sex, if if she does not want sex, you know, ex, you know, exclude excluding you know rape, mm-hmm. excluding that. Mm-hmm. But if she does not want sex to happen, it's not going to happen, right? True. Okay, so if if that's all it takes, if that's all it takes, explain to me. One, why there's so many single mothers, and two, how is how is the the detriment and the disease of single motherhood? How is that black men's fault? Well, no, that's not the topic for tonight. I I I could not go into that. You you, you are tempting me so bad right now. Um, 
I will I will say this though. I will say this because you said Tinder uh-huh. and POS. You know that's like the bottom barrel. That's like the <laughs> grimiest <laughs> websites. I do online dating, and uh-huh. I I'm not thirsty. I do it out of convenience because my plate is so full right now that in uh-huh. order for me to even have a bit of interaction with a man, not feeling like oh, he's going to try to sleep with me or he's just asking me because he wants some coochie, I can get on a dating site and have a conversation with a guy that I don't even know and be satisfied with just that conversation and go on about my business. So when you said tender and peel, I said, oh, he done done scraped the barrels. He ain't said nothing about Hinge, The League, Bumble, you know, better, better quality, but still not the best. Um, as far as the guys that are up there, there there are there are a lot of guys up there though. There's a lot of thirsty looking dudes that know they ain't gonna get no ass nowhere, not even not even from a nightclub at night with the lights off. Those type uh-huh. of guys, and those are the guys that we see that are always showboating. They're they're showing their jewelry, their cars, their money, basically saying hey, this is what I have, and I want you to use me. That's that's what's up there. That, that's how guys come across. So it's a two-way street. We have thirsty women and thirsty men. It's a matter of, like you said, discernment. You have to be able to identify what that person's true intentions are and understand that they may tell you one thing, but chances are may not be the truth. So what are you going to do with the information that they give to you? That's the that's the bottom line. If you choose to open your legs and allow a man to have sex with you without a condom, then yes, there's a high chance that you may get pregnant, but there's also a Correct. high chance that your coochie is going to be on fire, baking dough <laughs> and bread, okay, and making it clap, literally. So... <laughs> I mean, it's accountability, like you said. So I agree with you on the accountability thing as well. So at the end of the day, people have to learn how to be adults and have adult conversations and and admit if they've messed up, admit if they've misled someone, and take the consequences that come with it. We need to have these discussions because – we can't continue to point the finger at one another. Oh, it's her fault. And, no, it's his fault. Because at the end of the day, we're all affected. We're all going to end up with somebody's fuck up. Because oh. instead of letting that person go and letting them heal and find the person that's for them, they held on to them. And that's how we end up with traumatic experiences. Now I got to play Dr. Phillip to... Mr. Mike over here because Mike is broken because his stripper girlfriend that he gave the world to dogged him with his best friend. Now, I got to play the therapist, and I got to put him back together. But don't most women like playing therapists? No. 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 Mm-hmm. no not at all. So women don't, don't, don't get their rocks off by saying they think they can change a man. No, it's, dude, it's stressful. It's 
stressful. And I will tell you, I will honestly, I am that person. And I say, why the hell do I keep coming across fixer-uppers? Maybe that's part of my purpose. That's why we have to show. But Uh it doesn't make me feel proud that I'm fixing someone because I'm drained. It's draining. It's an emotional roller coaster. And then at the end of the day, there's no guarantee that the person is going to be the person for you anyway. So now you've invested, and you hear this all the time. I'm pretty sure you've heard it. Growing up in the past, I upgraded this person for somebody else. That's what you uh-huh. do. You're playing fixer-upper. You're upgrading them for their, their soulmate or whoever they're destined to be with. So now... So have you ever upgraded a man? I've invested time and energy into a guy, but it, uh, upgraded? No, because I try to get with guys that are already upgraded. Like, they don't need my help. Ah, okay. Mm-mm. No, I, and, look, and how's that I'm going? trying to learn. I'm not trying to be the teacher all the time. Oh, I see. So I see what you're saying. So you want you a ready-made man already? I mean, he can have some some things that needs to be worked on because everybody has room for improvement. But I'm not going to go outside and look for uh, the first dude standing outside the unemployment line. No. So you want them already made? Look, it's okay. Look, it's, it's, no, it's, I know it's, it's okay. You... No, what I'm saying is. He doesn't have to have all his shit together, but come to the table with something that I can work with instead of me now. Okay. I can build the table first. Okay, so let me ask you this, right? So say you meet a guy, right? Mm-hmm. He is everything you dream of, mm-hmm. every single thing, right? Mm-hmm. He checks every single box. Okay. Come to come to the table mm-hmm. and say, who does what? Mm-hmm. What do you bring to the table for this quote unquote dream man? I bring. I feel like I'm on Kevin Samuel's show, sir. Um, no, I'm just asking. I just, I'm just I mean, asking I bring, a question. I bring my support. I bring. You know, I'm the backbone. I'm. I'm the one who's cheering you on. If you have a business, I'm the one that's sitting down with you, trying to figure out with you how to make your business even better. I'm the one that's massaging your feet rubbing your back, picking your ingrown hairs on your chin, pulling out your extra long hairs out your nose. I am the one where whatever you're going through, you can talk to me because therefore I'm going to listen to you. I'm not going to talk over you. I'm not going to cut you off. And then I'm not going to give you solutions because at the end of the day, I understand it. You just want someone to listen. I'm I'm coming with a backpack that I already got all my shit together. I don't need your help. I don't need right. your money. I pay my own bills. I have my own stuff. And I'm coming drama free. So, okay. So, I want you to pay attention to everything you just said, right? Mm-hmm. All of those things are intangible. Okay. The, the caring, the loving, all of those things are intangible. Now, a man cannot come to the table with everything that you just said. Those things can be great. He can, mm-hmm. he can have them. Uh-huh. But men are required to actually come with tangible things. So if this dream guy, he checks mm-hmm. all your boxes, mm-hmm. 
and he asks you that question, and you name all these intangible things that mm-hmm. you said you brought to the table, do you think that that man is going to not require more than intangible things? He may, he may not. It depends on the man. It depends, it depends on, on the man? It depends on the man. I, look, I, I could be wrong. I don't necessarily think I am. But I could be wrong, <laughs> and I would say you would need a little bit more than intangibles. Because what kind of man if, am I going after, though? Okay, you tell me. You tell me what type. What, well, no, no, no. What, you, what, what kind of man? Because you, you, you have this perception of the type of men that women, black women, um, go after the six figures, the big penis, and all. so. What type of man, just based on this type of conversation that we're having, what type of man do you think I would be going after, my dream man? I think you want what every, I think you want what every woman wants. And what every woman wants isn't necessarily based in reality. That's okay. But most women, they want they want a good-looking man, not good-looking to them, good-looking to everybody. A man with a big dick, a man would make a lot of money. Everything else, everything else is irrelevant. As long as they have a man that is desirable to other women, that makes more money than them, and has great sex, everything else in a woman's life can be worked out. Now, am, am I wrong? No, you are wrong, actually. So I was going to say the interesting thing that you, you mentioned. So um, for me personally, and I can only speak for myself, whether the guy has uh-huh. a big penis or not, that doesn't really matter to me. Because at the end of the day, if I have feelings for him, then I'm going to adjust to whatever size he has. And I listen, I will make him feel like he's the King Kong on earth, even though he got a Viena sausage, because the emotions itself is going to allow that connection to actually take place. As far as the good sex and bad sex, both parties are responsible for the type of sex that you have. You, I feel uh, like, and this is my own perspective, I feel like you can't have bad sex. If you have bad sex, shame on you, because that means that you did not have a conversation with your partner and tell them what it is that you like and what it is that they're doing and that you wish they could change this, do this different, try this different. So if you have bad sex, that's on you. Period. So... So bad sex doesn't exist, right? No. That's that's a that's a personal problem. Yeah, that is a personal problem. That 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 person chooses not to communicate properly. So you you've never experienced bad sex. I have not. I have not. So I know how to communicate. Okay, okay, great. Lovely, right? So this this guy, right? Uh-huh. This this guy because you you still haven't answered me when I say what what guy checks off? What checks off all your boxes? Okay, he has to be—he has to be taller than me. I'm five nine, so him being five nine and a half, five ten, perfect, cool. Um, his body—he has to care about his physique. I don't want a bodybuilder, but I don't want a couch potato either. I want someone who I feel like he—he he takes care of his body. He may work out. He doesn't have to work out at the gym. I want him to be here long, long term, minimal health issues. Um, 
have goals. He has to have goals as far as you can't just be sitting around. You can have a nine-to-five. There's nothing wrong with the nine-to-five, but is there anything else that interests you? Like, do you want to possibly start your own business? Like, how can I help you pursue that? Um, some people are just stagnant. They don't want to do anything except just lay around. Um, communication. Communication is very important. He has to be willing to communicate. I won't say he has to know how because a lot of people don't know how to communicate, and I've come to understand that, and I'm okay with it. So be willing to communicate and learn how to communicate. Um, I Not a lot of children. I can't date a guy that got like six or seven kids. Like, that's okay. Just, no, we can. No, we can. We can agree with that. We're, we're both in agreement on that. Okay. <laughs> that's just not gonna work. Um, ha- be able to provide for himself. Be able to take care of his own bills and be independent. Um, not rely on other people to keep him afloat. And he has to be, you know, believe in a, in, in a, a higher being. You know, I can't do atheists. I'm sorry. We just, we just can't. I can't. I feel like my spirit and their spirit, I'm just not on the same page. And I'm not going to ask someone to convert to make me feel good. And I'm not going to convert. So, um, I mean, race doesn't even matter at this point because, I mean, we're in 2020. Uh, anything is out. Um, so, but, so you, you, you date outside. I never dated out of my race except my ex-husband was Puerto Rican. And that was my first relationship. So I've only dated black men. And regardless of everything that I see and I go through with black men, I still love black men. I still want to be with a black man, period. Okay. So So. um, how much he makes, I mean, that doesn't matter to me. I honestly don't want a guy that makes six figures. I don't want an attorney because – I don't have the patience for them. Um, They don't have the patience for me. Um, The way that my life is set up, I'm career focused on my business and growing my network. So to be with someone who wants me at the drop of a dime, that's really not going to work in in their favor or my favor. So um, I don't want a six-figure Super entrepreneur. Um, yeah. That's so okay. So all right. All right. So lovely speech. So you <laughs> you you want a guy, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's tall. Taller right? than me. Which men yeah. can't control. Which men can't control, right? Mm-hmm. You don't care if the guy has, has big wood or whatever nope. the case. Mm-mm. All right. So he can have. A, so he can be tall. But his wood can be small, and you don't want a guy that makes a whole lot of money because what? The time, the the availability. Um, they're not. The time and availability. It's just not going to be there. And so, there's okay. available more than what I can offer to them. So, I just want you to hear mm-hmm. what it sounds like, just to a man. Okay. Just, just, to, just to a man. Then we're just bouncing ideas here. Yeah. We're just throwing stuff against the wall, right? So you want a tall guy, small wood, that doesn't make a whole lot of money, and you're completely happy with that. 
Yes, if he can provide for himself, take care of himself, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I just want you to hear how that sounds before I say what I'm about to say. Okay. So, all right, you want a guy that provides for himself, right? So yes. at, no, at, at no point is marriage back on the table for you then, right? No, marriage is, yes. I'm definitely interested. Okay, so marriage is back on the table. Yeah. So that means he does not have to, He that means coming in, he doesn't have to provide, right? He doesn't have to do anything. He can take care of himself. That's it. Oh, so as long as you're married, all he has to do is worry about himself. Well, no, when we're married, then what he has going on and what I have going on come into one boat. Right. Okay. So, okay, so then once you're married, he needs to provide for you. No, he does not need to provide for me. He, we are going to provide for one another as a whole. There oh, is no I see what you're saying. So you're saying that if every man for himself, why y'all are dating? Okay, yeah. fair enough. You you take care of you, I take care of me, mm-hmm. and we have mediocre sex sometimes. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when we get married, Mm-hmm. Then that becomes teamwork. Exactly. But you, even though you, right, even though you already said you're not gonna bring anything tangible to the table, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So my only question to any of that would be, how does that set up a successful marriage? Because it's teamwork. It's not one person for themselves. It's not one person doing all of the work, because when you have one person doing all of the work and providing for the entire family, that's also how someone could get burnt out and stressed out. Why would I allow, why would I allow my man, my husband, to take on the burden uh-huh. of everything when I can contribute and help lighten up the load that's on him? If I'm capable so, of working uh-huh. and providing, then why wouldn't I? No, I'm with you. I, I definitely believe team, teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. I just think it's convenient. And the reason I think it's con- convenient is because I I hear uh I heard a lot of I heard a lot of well, women want this. Well, I don't want that. Well, women want this. Well, I don't want that. All right, women want this. Well, I don't want that. It just seems like everything that we that I that I shared out, you were kind of the exception to the rule. Now that doesn't mean it's not true. Mm-hmm. I just find it a little suspicious because mm-hmm. I don't know any woman that would want bad like bad sex. And I get your argument. You know, sex is what you make it. I've mm-hmm. just never heard it before. I understand it. I just never heard that before. But hey, I wish. I would, I would love. To, would I be able to set you up on a blind date? You can, yeah. Let's make it happen, and we can film it. Okay, I'm down for it. Let me make this quick announcement for those who are listening uh-huh. live. The show, the live portion of the show, is going to discontinue in about ten seconds, so you will have to come back and hear the rest of the full show. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. Oh, so. I would, like I said, I want to set you up on a blind date, right? We're going to film it. And I'm going to give you everything you said that you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. 
right? And make sure we check every single box, and then we're going to see how it goes. And then after that, we're going to see if that's something that you still want. Okay. So the interesting thing about it is that mm-hmm. whether he has a, a big penis or a small penis, good sex or bad sex, that's not going to matter at that point because I'm not having sex. Of course. Of course. So of course. Of course. That of part, course, we can just push that to the side. But everything else, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That's why these type of conversations, I, I I sit back and I just cringe when men say, all women this, all women that, because uh-huh. I know that I don't fall into that category. I cringe, but I don't take offense because it's not applicable to me. So to be able to... You're the to exception actually, to the rule. Yeah. To be able to have this conversation, it's just like, for me, it's like finally like, ah, okay, now you know that all women are not like that. Or at least you hear all women are not like that example that is out there, the blueprint for black women. And I have a homegirl, very successful, stays in Alpharetta, got a beam, all of that stuff, which doesn't even matter. But yet this is the same type of conversation that we have. We are good women. There are so many good women out here that are not looking at the materials and we're not paying attention to um, the, the, the issues and, and the drama, we, we have it the hardest because not only do we have to prove that we are not like the rest of them, but we have to turn around and prove that we are also that not the angry black woman at the same time. And so you think black like, women have it the hardest? I know I can only speak from the perspective of a black woman because that's what I am. I don't know how um, you know any other race has it. I don't know about them. I don't know what their struggles are. I can only speak for myself. So you know. Um, mm-hmm. um I don't know. I I do think black women have it hard just off the basis of being black, and all black people have it. Hard. Let me let me start off by saying that black mm-hmm. people have it the hardest, but yeah. within the but, but within the the subsection of black people, I would love to I would love to pick your brain about why you say black women have it the hardest. Man, listen, I'll tell you really quickly an experience mm-hmm. that I had that blew my mind. I was in Alpharetta, and I went to this gas station, and it was 12 o'clock at night, just left my sister's house. Had a, I had a summer dress on, spring dress, whatever you want to call it, body form fitting. And the guy that was at the, at the counter was an African descent guy, right? So it was a white woman in the line, and she was drunk, and she was trying to buy beer after 12 o'clock. I didn't know you can't buy beer after 12, but I guess because I don't drink beer. And so she got into a confrontation with him, and she was, like, trying to force him to sell it to her. So I'm like, okay, I see this shit happen all the time. White woman blames something on the black dude. The police come. God knows what happens. I want to stick around and be his witness, right? So she, uh-huh. nothing happens. I go up, and he comes over from around the counter. He's looking at me, and he's like, I want to take you out on a date. Oh, my God, you're so beautiful. Can I date you? Can I date you? And I'm like, no, I'm okay. And I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm nervous because this is like, I already know where this is about to go. And he says to me, I want you to make me feel good. Make me feel good. 
So I said to him, well, what is that supposed to mean? And I said it same tone like I just said. What is that supposed to mean? And I looked at him, and he said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. And I said, do what? Don't be a black woman. And I said, what is that supposed to mean? Oh, no, no, no. And he goes on to tell me that black women are always angry, and he doesn't want me to be an angry black woman. I literally sat in that gas station with him for 45 minutes having a conversation so that I could actually understand where this perception that he has comes from and why does he feel that way when I know I'm not an angry black woman. And it, on some real shit, it really hurt me. It hurt me. It bothered me to the point where when I left, I went to another gas station. And I was so happy that the attendant was a black man. And I walked up to him and I said, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. I said, do you like black women? He said, what? I said, do you like black women? He said, I love black women. And I why, said, why, why would he? Huh? Yeah. Like, he, you, you, I'll you, get okay, that, so he. The thing. You have uh, to understand from a black woman's perspective, I've never had a black man sit here and tell me that I'm angry and that I'm rude and that I'm disrespectful just because I'm a black woman and that black women want to be white women. That's why we wear makeup and the weaves and that all we want men for is money and that we're gold diggers because he dated a stripper, a black stripper, and she used him for his money. So now traumatic experience. Now we all fall under that category. I've never had a black man say this to my face. I've always heard about it, but I've never experienced it. So I was traumatized to the point where I had to ask the black man, do you like, do you feel the way that he feels? How do you feel about black women? Like what's really going on? So yeah, Uh. that right there that really had gotten under my skin. And like I said, that really hurt me and it opened my eyes up. Like, so first you you pass you, you make sexual advances at me and because I don't react the way that you are expecting me to react, you then insult me by saying that I'm an angry black woman just because I'm black. And how did that conversation end? <laughs> Me walking out of the gas station telling him have a good night after he told me that his girlfriend, in so many words, is a white woman who has him working two jobs to buy her a house in Alpharetta, said have a good night. Then he still asked me if he could take me on a date. Got in my car and left. The other gas station, that black man told me how much he loves black women. And then when I told him that the guy at the other gas station was African, he said, oh, that's your perception of all black women. You're not missing out on anything right there. They, they, they help. The way they think is just out of this world. So, and not to take what that dude said to heart. That's how that conversation ended. But yeah, it was eye opening. Very eye opening. Oh wow. Still love black men, and I still would date a black man and marry a black man. So, yeah, we're all not angry, regardless of. I- the traumatic experiences that we go through. We're all not angry. I mean I would I would hope not. Right? <laughs> I would I would hope I would I would hope not because I have hope for black women. And I'm hard on black women 
But the only reason I'm hard on them is because I love them so much. Mm-hmm. So I got hope for you. <laughs> I Hopefully agree. y'all can get it together. Oh, listen, listen, I'm I'm getting me together now. I can't speak for everybody else. They got to go through their own trials and tribulations and uh, in order to, to learn their lessons. So I feel like that's another thing. When it comes to these traumatic experiences, a lot of the times we don't give ourselves enough space to sit back and analyze what happened and why it happened. And is there anything that I could have done differently? And if so, okay, now I know this for the future relationship. We don't give ourselves that, that time. And I had a guy tell me, I don't want to be alone. Like, I can't stand being alone. So he has to be in relationships. He jumps from relationship to relationship to relationship, carrying those soul ties, carrying that energy into the next one. And it's unfortunate. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a simp, though. Like a man that can't stand on that's a simp. So. <laughs> I expect I expect conversations like that from simps, so that that doesn't really shock me that a simp would say something so simpish. So. <laughs> yeah, he was that that he was definitely a simp. Now that I think about it, he was a simp, and I was oh, a, no. he, he really was. He, he really, I'm not gonna put his business out, but he really was. A, I'll tell you off the air. He really was a simp. And when I tell you, I'm like, oh, hell no. Nah. We donating him to the other side. He he don't belong to us. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's unfortunate. I called one of my guests that was on the air with me one time. He uh-huh. was talking about the toxic traits and the behaviors and, and what people carry from relationship to relationship. And he uh-huh. referred to it as past relationship <laughs> residue. And I was like, yep. no, I love that. I am taking that. Past relationship residue. When you don't give yourself enough time to clean off the last person and you just get just get in the bed with somebody else, you're just tangling around it. And um, another thing, too, is mental health awareness. A lot of the time... You know, we don't recognize the own our own issues that we're bringing into these relationships. You know, the trauma from childhood. You know, I for myself, I I do suffer from abandonment issues, and for me, it, I feel like it's related to any guy that really never meant something to me. And I'm saying my father, I'm saying my stepfather, I'm saying my ex-husband. For some reason, they were taken away. So for me, it's like, okay, I have to be okay getting comfortable and and being around that person and not feeling like they're here today, they're going to be gone tomorrow. And that was something that uh-huh. I had to work through growing up. Um, so now, being an adult, I'm able to recognize that that's what I was experiencing and that's what it was related to. So it's finding the root cause of you know the the trauma, the the damage. Right, and ha- have you worked through all of that? Yeah, no, that's what I said. Growing up, I've I've gone through yeah. counseling, and that's what helped me identify it and how to actually work against it, understand it, and and be combative against it, so that it's not something an ongoing issue for me. So yeah, no, that's 
that's definitely not something that I experienced as an adult, and I am thankful for that because it was it was crucial. It was like being afraid to get attached to someone. No, I I understand it happens, ma'am, but you know you can't do nothing but live and learn. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just think that's that's the name of the game is being able to take an L and move on. Mm-hmm. You gotta be able to move on. That's that's how I look at, it. and that's what I that's is something I am big on being able to take a loss and still keep on going. Right, it's life. Like, I mean, if you won everything that you you put your your thought into, would you really know how to handle an L when it came? Um, I think if. If you're if you're taught at a younger age, I, I think you can master anything. Mm-hmm. So no it doesn't just naturally come to you, but it has to be instilled in you. Right. And if it's not instilled in you, then you're gonna struggle with it, right? But again, that's why I say you that's why men are needed. Because right. black men take L's daily. So we more than anybody know how to how to deal with it and and move on without it being too damaging to it. Right. Yeah. I agree. <sighs> Gotta love the black men, man. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> there's no us, like, for real, for real. Like, I mean, I wish a lot of men, and I'm not saying that a lot of them don't, but a lot of black men really understand the strength that they have and the the power that they carry, um, you know, and and use that power for good. Like, stop using it against one another. Stop using it to hurt other people just because you've been hurt, you've been wronged. Um, right. You know, it all starts in our community, first and foremost. Well, it starts in the house first, and then into the community. So. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say it, it starts in the home, and mm-hmm. then. From the home, you go teach the world. I do agree with that. Right. I agree, 100%. Because if you can't practice what you preach, then how are you preaching? I agree. That that I agree. I agree with that. I can can admit to that. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go ahead and get ready to wrap up the show. We done done blew through the hour. Like, like I blew through the hour. We took no commercials, no song, no nothing. So... (laughs) Go ahead and let the people know how can they get in touch with you? How can they find out more about um, you and and when do you air on 92.3? Like, let them know who is Oren. Um, you can catch me right now. You can catch us every Sunday, uh, the Selective Outrage Show, Toxic Tris and myself, Two Chubs. Uh, every Sunday from 1 to 3 on Hits 92.3. Make sure you download the app. Mm-hmm. But starting one, starting June 1st, we will be going on every day, Monday through Friday, Ooh. 12 to 2, you know, toxic masculinity at its finest. <laughs> and we invite everybody to come on the show and sit down and and, and have, a, have a talk with us. Um my social media, you can find me at Two Chubs on on Facebook or at the Selective Outrage Radio. We hope to see all of y'all there. Yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on tonight, being a guest. 
um, us having this, this very deep conversation and still being able to touch on the topic of traumatic experiences because um, I feel we need to have this discussion more often with people. So I appreciate you once again. We are definitely going to chop it up afterwards. And um, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, like I said if, at the beginning, if you are replaying this and you want to get feedback, go ahead and send us an email. The email is going to be info at he said what network.com. Please, please, please make sure that you reach out to someone, let them know you love them and that you appreciate them. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. You have a good evening and good night.